It's Your Life is sponsored by James J.C. Cooley. Life is a series of circles and cycles, phases and stages. These are your experiences that teach you the lessons of life. You can either ignore them or embrace them. Welcome to the James Cooley Show, It's Your Life. James is a motivational speaker, author, military veteran, and founder of the James Cooley Foundation. James is here to equip you to strive for greatness and to overcome adversity. It's time to get equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. Now, here's the host of It's Your Life, James Cooley. Hello, welcome to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley, and wow. I am completely awakened. I mean, at the beginning of the week, sometimes we are stretching, nor sometimes we have to get ourselves back into the mix of things. Uh, but, uh, guess what today is? It's hump day! <laughs> hump day! <laughs> yeah, hump day, and uh, I, I love hump day. Uh, and, and Michelle, Michelle won't want to uh, give herself a second chance. Remember last week, Noah, she, she, she didn't do so well when she mentioned Hump Day. Michelle, you I get a- did great, didn't I, Noah? I think she actually did better than you, James. So let's just be clear. Uh, I, I want the listening audience to hear her. Uh, what day is it? It's Hump Day! <laughs> <laughs> 10 out of 10. Okay. Yeah. We- Hey, Noah, man, today's show is so important. And it's uh, a lot of times, I believe, uh, that as we get older, <laughs> sometimes our family, sometimes our community, sometimes everybody forget about us when we become seniors. Or, and uh, a lot of times uh, it requires a lot of help. Uh, first of all, uh, most importantly, I believe, Noah, that it requires, uh, us, all of us to let us, each one of us know as, and our seniors know that we love them and we care about them. And we have to make sure that we do all we can to take care of them. And today topic is based on, uh, making a difference and serving our senior communities, um, you know, just ensuring that that we have the necessary things and we have organizations that are reaching out to make sure that especially in the San Diego area I mean uh, this organization and the saying we, we're gonna find out a little bit more about Paul uh, Downey in a few minutes but uh they are doing such a terrific job Noah and we have to always uh, uh show our community our, our senior community that they are there. They are history. They are the ones that pass down experiences. They are the ones that, you know, we want to keep all of those things going and we want to make sure that they are happy. I plan on staying young forever, James, and I never have to worry <laughs> about it. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, having a grandmother that's very near and dear to me, and she's 97 now. And, uh, you know, it's it's all about, for me, as a member of the, of the family, trying to make sure that, at least from my perspective, that she's acknowledged that she's communicated with and that's why there's a whole huge family to do it each and every day but you have to make that part of what's important to you and and you you can't forget about those that came before you and that brought you up that's so important that is so important man you know what i I, one of the things i want want to say to you Noah, is you always uh give uh, your grandmother the love you always tell me about her yeah, we just oh, had that, just finished having yeah. uh, her for about four to five days. It was a tremendous experience. Oh my God, man! We had to cherish that, cherish and, that time. And I hope she's listening to the show. And uh, uh, I hope you're having a wonderful time. Yes, most definitely. Um, you know, this topic is you know it's not just about seniors. It's about um, seniors, um, low income seniors. Um, you know, making sure that you know, their needs are being taken care of. Um, because as we know, as, um, you know, once you get older and you may not have the finances you used to have, you know, life can be a struggle. So, 
We're really interested in getting to know Paul Downey and also Kimberly Jenks, who's here with him and talking about this wonderful organization that they are responsible for. Wow. I, I, I can't wait to get started by listening to the audience. This is such a, a, a great topic. And if you want to be part of the conversation, that's one 344 Again, that's one 344 1170. Michelle, can you please let our listening audience know the purpose of today's show? Yes, the purpose of today's show is getting to know the background story of Paul Downey, learn about the organization serving seniors, learn about the issues low income and homeless seniors face. Uh, discuss the correlation between ageism and senior poverty and discuss the barriers um, to provide more low income housing for seniors. Wow. Can you introduce our, our two great guests uh, to our listening audience? Yes, uh, I will. Let's start off with Paul real quickly. Yes. Paul <laughs> Downey is the president and CEO of Serving Seniors. Since being appointed the role in 1995, Downey has guided the agency's innovative efforts to provide supportive services focused on keeping low-income seniors healthy and independent. Under Downey's leadership, Serving Seniors has grown to serve over 1.7 million nutritious, congregate, and home-delivered meals annually, 365 days per year across multiple sites in San Diego County. The agency's service provision model includes case management, health care, mental health care, dental through collaborative partner. Activities and Civic Engagement is a national model for seniors living in poverty. Serving Seniors has provided transitional housing and wraparound case management for unsheltered older adults for more than 20 years and owns and operates 412 units of affordable senior housing with support services. A new 117-unit senior complex is under construction in City Heights and a 174-unit complex in Claremont will break ground in 2022. Downey holds a bachelor's degree in journalism from San Diego State University and a certificate in nonprofit management from Harvard Business School. Wow. You know, let's let's introduce uh, uh, Kimberly a, a little bit. Let's let's bring her into the scene as well. Yes, Kimberly Jenks. Kimberly provides management and oversight of serving seniors philanthropic efforts, including annual giving, special events, public relations and marketing and communications. She also serves on the organization's COVID-19 emergency task force. Kimberly is currently coordinating the organization's 50th anniversary Sunshine Gala slated for October 2nd at the Marriott Marquis San Diego Marina. This milestone event will celebrate the organization's vibrant history while looking to the future. The event will include a special musical performance by Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, Don Felder, formerly of the Eagles. Kimberly has over a decade of combined professional and volunteer experience working with at-risk and underserved communities throughout San Diego County. The James Cooley Show, It's Your Life, proudly presents Paul Downey and Kimberly Jenks. Welcome to the show. One other thing about Paul before we bring him on is uh, Paul has uh, served as the chair of California Commission for Aging and, and a lot of other different uh, committees. And he also was invited uh, to the White House uh, for a, an aging conference in 2015. And he's doing a lot of great things. Paul, welcome to the show. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing great, James. Uh, we've delighted to be with you and uh, especially on hump day that's a great <laughs> and, uh, I was extra honor to be here but uh, great to be with you and michelle man it's an absolute pleasure having you here and uh i mean just like uh, uh we talked to uh i think that was gail uh she is so wonderful and uh and she she was telling us all the great things that you're doing you know so but I tell you what, Paul, we got about two minutes. Can you tell us, uh, uh, our listening audience a little bit about you, where you're from and where you grew up? And, uh, then we're going to take the break and come back and ask you a million more questions. All right. Well, I'm, I'm a native San Diegan. I, I was born here. Uh, my parents, uh, moved, uh, from Canada. So I guess I, I am a first generation, uh, American born here, grew up here, uh, went to, uh, Crawford High School and then on to San Diego State. Uh, where I studied journalism and uh, ended up on the staff of uh, Mayor Maureen O'Connor in, in the mid-80s. And uh, that's how I first got introduced to serving seniors, actually, was as a volunteer uh, going and serving lunch. And uh, when her term ended as mayor, uh, I was fortunate enough to get to get hired back in 1995 
to be to be the CEO. So uh, sort of a long long history in in San Diego, uh, way back even uh, in the earliest days. Uh, I actually started in radio, so I started uh, doing the radio news and and ended up uh, now over twenty five years in uh, helping low income seniors. Wow, you know what, uh, Paul. What we're going to do, we're going to take a station break. But when we get back from the break, we're going to really delve off into serving seniors, uh, the CEO, and all the great things that you guys are doing. We'll be back shortly. It's your life. I'm James Cooley. There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity. Coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. Hi, I'm James Cooley, host of the James Cooley Show, It's Your Life. And in the new audio version of my book, Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, you can join me as I share my true life story of struggle and success in America. It's both a cautionary tale and a roadmap to achieving the American dream. Get the new audio version of my book, Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, on Amazon and wherever audio books are sold. The J.C. Cooley Foundation is a nonprofit organization that was started in October of 2014. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. We hope that you'll be able to take part in one or more of the many exciting events that we're offering this year and experience firsthand the pride we take in supporting our cause. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow, and we rely heavily on the generosity of individuals and business owners for support. Without the assistance of community-minded individuals just like you, we wouldn't be able to serve our youth each year. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. This year's goal is $50,000. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. Remember that every donation makes a difference regardless of size. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, The True Life Coming of Age Story by James J.C. Cooley. Using humor, wit, and engaging storytelling, James paints a picture about his arrival in a rural deep south town and realization that life would never be the same. Cooley lays out his struggle to adjust from city life to country life and back again, sharing his hard-earned lessons to educate, encourage, and enlighten our next generation of leaders and heroes. Get your copy of Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet by James J.C. Cooley available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. The Answer San Diego, streaming now on TuneIn.com and Odyssey.com. It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Now here's your host, James Cooley. Hello, welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley and I tell you, we got a fantastic show, and I'm going to say it again just in case uh, you're just tuning in. We don't talk about making a difference in our seniors' lives, and uh, we got the great CEO, Paul Downey, and we also got Kimberly, his assistant here, and uh, he's the CEO of Serving Seniors, and uh, we're going to talk about all the great things that they're doing and if you want to be part of this conversation, that's 1-888-344-1170. Again, that's 1-888-344-1170. Paul, can you describe the missions and the programs that uh, you guys provide at Serving Seniors? Sure. So our, our mission is helping seniors in poverty live healthy and fulfilling lives. And I think that really describes what we do. The word poverty is really important. Uh, 85% of the seniors that we work with every single day live below the federal poverty level uh, on about just over $1,000 a month. Um, and, you know, when you think about it in a place like San Diego with rent and whatnot, uh, a lot of them are literally living on 5 6 $7 a day for all of their needs after they paid, paid their rent. So the poverty is really important. Uh, but living healthy lives. And so all of our programs are built around keeping people healthy. Uh, meals are one of the most important things that we do. We do breakfast and lunch 365 days a year uh, for our seniors in normal times. And we're getting back to normal times in, a, in our senior centers, but also home delivered. 
But we also provide access to mental health. We provide access to social workers that really performing that safety net so that people can uh, can be healthy. And then fulfilling is important because we believe, you know, just because you may not have a lot of money, you still should have a fulfilled life and be able to enjoy it to the to the max. And so we have a lot of activities. We have civic engagement where our, our seniors can get involved in the community and volunteer uh, and, and be active members of, of the community. I mean, you know, we, we believe that, that, that people should, they should be out there, they should be seen, they should be heard, um, and they should live the best life possible and that uh, money should not be an obstacle to that or lack, really lack of money not be an obstacle to that. Amen to that, Paul. What are the biggest misconceptions people have about the senior population that you assessed? Well, I think I think people have tremendous misconceptions about poverty. I, I think there's a there's a stereotype that if you're in poverty, that somehow you messed up, that you did something to cause the situation, and they the people sometimes lack that that empathy that sometimes bad stuff happens to good people, and they get caught into a situation where you know, and particularly with seniors, uh, you know, you talk with them, a lot of them worked all their lives, uh, they had savings, and they did everything right, and then something happened. Maybe it was loss of a job, a spouse got sick and took the life savings to take care of them, uh, but something happened that changed their circumstances and caused them to tumble into poverty and actually sometimes homelessness. And so people don't understand that, that these are, that, you know, people in poverty are good people that have maybe caught a bad break along the way and don't want to be in poverty. I mean, there's this, this I think, somehow a stereotype that that's, that's a lifestyle choice that people have made, and that's just flat-out wrong. Yes. Paul, 25% of San Diego County's homeless population are over age 65. And I know this may surprise some people, but why do seniors end up homeless? And what are the common causes besides the ones you just mentioned a little bit? Well, for the, the thing about seniors, and this, this is absolutely true, is that, that a quarter, over a quarter, are uh, the people on the streets are older adults. And for most of them, it is that, it is that economic trigger. Uh, they were living, you know, living their best life and something happened along the way and they end up on the street. Now that differentiates them from a lot of the other homeless because many of them don't have, uh, you know, severe mental illness. They don't have drug or alcohol issues or both. And, uh, well, as a society, we need to take care of folks who have those things. That's really important. But with seniors, there's almost a carve out that if we can get to them early, if we can prevent the homelessness from occurring in the first place, uh, that's really where our efforts should be focused. But if they do fall through, knowing that we can quickly get them back into a house, you know, a safe housing situation uh, is is critical um, and can be done and takes less resources. Uh, and I think sometimes when when people look at at, at, at homeless seniors. Uh, they, they, they don't look at them. And this is something that's true for seniors generally and is true for homeless is that people don't see them. Uh, they walk by, if you, you know, if you go out on the street, you watch somebody, they will turn their head when they see a homeless person. They don't want to look them in the eye. They don't want to say, good morning, how are you? Uh, and seniors kind of get in that same category as well. They become invisible. And so if you're a homeless senior, you have a double whammy of having uh, being a senior and homeless and completely invisible, and people just don't want to deal with you. Paul, producer Noah here. A couple of things right off the bat. One, I can definitely tell you've worked in radio. You have the radio voice. <laughs> yes, do. Thank you. Two, uh, we're both alumni of Crawford High School. I graduated there in 94, so uh, it's good to have another Crawford alum in the house. Uh, I will. I, I, I'll admit I w- I'm 77, so a few years ahead. And then I'm curious, why don't uh, the standard homeless shelters and facilities really work well for seniors? For a number of reasons. Uh, first of all, they are in with other younger homeless. And so when you talk with them, they tell you they are, they're fearful. And quite often they are robbed. They are harassed uh, because they are 
easier prey, so to speak, for some of the younger homeless. But also they're not set up for an older adult because an older adult may need a walker, may need a wheelchair, may need a cane to get around, may you know, just need a little more space around a bunk. Uh, if the where their bunk is is 100 yards from the restroom, you know, at 3 o'clock in the morning when they need to, to go to the restroom, that could be a, a major problem. Also, a lot of shelters, uh, you know, put people out, you know, in, in the morning and they can come back in the evening. Well, if you have chronic physical issues uh, that are going on, you know, sitting on the sidewalk for 8, 10 hours while you're waiting to get back into the shelter is not a good, is not a good thing. It's also a, an opportunity, you know, during those, those daytime hours to provide the services and focus on transitioning them out of the shelter environment into a permanent housing situation. On that, uh, how does ageism contribute to that, to senior poverty? Well, ageism is, is, is rampant in, in, in our culture. Uh, you know, there's, there are isms out there. Uh, certainly racism, certainly sexism are, are still out there. Uh, but, and, and we're making at least some progress in those areas. But in ageism, there's not a lot of pushback. I mean, if you turn on a sitcom how often do you see an older adult is portrayed as hard of hearing, grumpy, unfiltered uh, kind of a, a person? If you go to Hallmark and you pull out a birthday card for anybody over 40, you know, it's over the hill. It's, it's this continued pervasive. Almost agent. always. Always, always. And, and then what you see quite often, you know, in, in a more serious vein is we talk to people who are in their early 60s who are looking for a job. And they say, you know, I sat down across the hiring table, you know, from a younger person. And I knew that because I've got some, you know, gray in my beard or gray in my hair, that I have no chance to get hired. And that uh, older workers are, are considered somewhat disposable. And, and a society, uh, you know, I, I mean, I would like to see us have more reverence for older adults in this community or, you know, more broadly uh, than, than we do. We, we, we tend to view older adults as sometimes uh, society generally maybe as a nuisance, as a hassle, as somebody we don't really want to learn from and, and revere. So do you think media and the entertainment industry is, is part of the problem, actually? Then? Uh, oh, absolutely. Ab- absolutely. I mean, there, you know, there are very few, you know, shows that you see where an older adult is portrayed as a normal person, as a you know active, vibrant member of the community, and and we tend to have the stereotype, you know, that if somebody needs a hearing aid or needs a walker, that mentally they must they must be feeble, and that's just not not that's, right. That's not the case. It's not right. And but that's that's the perception. I mean, I I, I, I tell you know a story. One of my uh, board member who is one of my mentors. Um, woman named Anda Mills Myers. She was a senior official at the county. Uh, and she, but she, when I knew her, she was in her 80s. She said, when I was a young woman, I would walk into her room and I was pretty attractive and people paid attention to me. When I got to be a senior official at the county, I walked into a room and people paid attention to me because of who I was and what I had accomplished. And now at 85 years old, I walk into a room and nobody notices me. And she was at 85 still mentoring some of our social workers and helping out. But that's, that's what happens in a society is that we, you know, we either look at youth and beauty or power. Uh, and if you don't have those, you're, you're older adult, you're, you're disposable. I have to change that stigma somehow. Absolutely. Yeah, we, we certainly got to change that stigma. And I, I tell you, Paul, wow. I mean, I, I, I'm liking your style. You, you're putting it down. I mean, you just, you're putting it out the way it is. And, uh, we're going to have to take a station break, but listen, audience, if you want to be part of this conversation, that's 1-888-344-1170. Again, that's 1-888-344-1170. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back and talk to Paul more. And, you know, we're going to sneak Kimberly in here. Uh, it's your life. I'm James Cooley. There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity. Coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. 
There is much truth in a journey that ain't over yet, as all of us journey through life's precious gifts of time, just like I have. Hi, I'm James Cooley, host of The James Cooley Show, It's Your Life. And in the new audio version of my book, Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, you can join me as I share my true life story of struggle and success in America. It's both a cautionary tale and a roadmap to achieving the American dream. This is a must-listen to for anyone who thinks they are stuck in life or need to understand that their current situation is not their final destination. Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet, is the unfiltered truth to provide hope for the future by challenging you to refuse to become a victim of life's circumstances and dare to be an overcomer because a bigger, better, and a more impactful life awaits you. Get the new audio version of my book, Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet on Amazon and wherever audio books are sold. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, The True Life Coming of Age Story by James J.C. Cooley. Using humor, wit, and engaging storytelling, James paints a picture about his arrival in a rural deep south town and realization that life would never be the same. Cooley lays out his struggle to adjust from city life to country life and back again, sharing his hard-earned lessons to educate, encourage, and enlighten our next generation of leaders and heroes. Get your copy of Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet by James J.C. Cooley available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. Streaming now on the Answer San Diego app and odyssey.com. It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Now here's your host, James Cooley. Welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley. And I'll tell you, we got Paul Downey. And uh, he's the CEO of making a difference in serving our, our seniors. And uh, just like I said, if you want to be part of this conversation, that's one 888 again. That's one 888 Paul, you was recently appointed to the San Diego Regional Homeless Task Force Continuous of Care and the Board of Directors. Can you tell our listener audience a little bit about this and what does this group, man, what, do, what do, does it do? Sure. Well, the the Continuum of Care Board is actually the entity in San Diego County that focuses on uh, policy related to homelessness in in the county. It also makes specific recommendations on funding that is coming to San Diego from both the federal and state government on how resources are are expended. And so because of the pervasiveness of, of homeless older adults that we were discussing earlier with almost a quarter of the people on the street being being seniors that they they felt it was important to have a senior's voice on on this board and in fact we've actually formed a special committee to look into uh the issue and to make some specific recommendations uh there there's a lot of activity around veterans which there absolutely should be and a lot of activity around youth but when you have the largest single cohort of homeless on the streets of san diego are actually older adults there was a feeling that we needed to to address it and and since uh, in the governor's budget there's about 6 billion dollars uh, that are allocated to affordable housing and, and of that about a billion dollars specifically to homeless resources uh, this is a really opportune time to be making some significant policy decisions and recommendations to hopefully you know end this 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 epidemic that we're starting to see out there with more and more older adults uh, sleeping on the sidewalk. Wow. Uh, and that's a lot of valuable information that you just put out. Uh, uh, did not know that the government had uh, put that type of funding to the side, but they need to spend it and they need to help take care of our seniors. Hey, Paul, can you explain uh, what's the housing first approach and what, what does that mean? Well, that, that, that's the, the general philosophy out there right now when, when dealing with homelessness. And that's basically, let's get people, let's get a roof over somebody's head first. 
and then start working on maybe some of the specific underlying issues that have caused the homelessness. Uh, and, and as opposed to in, in, in some of the past models, well, we'll deal with some of the issues first and then we'll find you a place to live. And I think we, we found over, over time that, you know, you got to get a roof over somebody's head. I mean, if you're worried about where you're going to sleep tonight or you're worried, you know, do I have shelter, uh, if it's raining or it's cold, you're not going to worry about your financial issues. Maybe if you have an addiction issue, you're not going to worry about that. You're worried about the basic, you know, basic human needs of shelter. So that's really the approach is trying to get people housed first, then deal with whatever the specific issues that, that might be causing the homelessness. Kimberly, serving seniors would have celebrated its 50th anniversary last year, but it will be celebrating this year. Tell us about your upcoming anniversary event in the month of October. Thank you for asking, Michelle. We are incredibly excited to celebrate. We're calling it our 50 plus one, the bonus year. And we, it's been, it's been a hugely traumatic year and a half for everybody, for the world. And we could have just let it slide, not celebrated. It was a rough year, but it's so incredibly important that after a year of difficulty and hardship, we need to celebrate the past 50 plus one years, as well as the last year where our community has come together to support the older adults in our community, to look at the past, celebrate it, and plan for our future coming ahead. So it's going to be an incredible evening down at the Marriott Marina. Um, a lot of good fun. We're going to honor all the people in the community who've helped us. It's been, it's volunteers, it's government officials. You'll hear beautiful, inspirational stories from clients whose lives have been changed. Seniors who, who are living healthy and fulfilling lives because of the support of the community. And then we're going to rock out with Don Felder and have a great concert. So, um, we're really excited and you can learn more on our website. Folks are, are welcome to visit servingseniors.org and our 50th anniversary Sunshine Gala. Kimberly, how did working with serving seniors change your own views of aging? Ah, great question. It significantly changed my, my view of aging. Honestly, I, I definitely had some of the natural ageism tendencies that Paul talked about, you know, and it has made me recognize how valuable and how, how valuable our senior community is to, to the community as a whole in life lessons. Can you imagine someone who's been on this planet for 85 years? They've lived through other traumatic events, other global crises, they have so much wisdom to impart on our community. And if we only listened, if we paid attention, if we acknowledged them, oh, wow, the things that we could learn. And um, it's definitely, it's definitely changed my perspective. And when you go into any of our facilities, you expect, I, I know when you think about shelters or low income or poverty, you think, oh, it's going to be sad. It's going to be this downtrodden place. Not when you go to one of our centers. Um, folks are happy. They're so happy. It is home to them. And um, especially, you know, we just reopened our sites in this last month for congregate dining and activities. And I cannot tell you the smiles on faces. Folks were excited to hug people once again. These are, this is their family. This is their community. Um, it's, it's a beautiful place. My question is for actually both of you. How do you think back to the the stigmas on seniors for a moment? And, and I know there's influence from the media and from entertainment. What do you think a great first step would be we could do as a community to get that stigma to change? Because it's not fair to seniors in any way. And I think it's something that should be addressed. I, I think it's people taking the time to to learn. I mean, you were describing, you know, the relationship you have with your grandmother and I think sometimes, I think we've lost some of that connection. People are spread apart, but I would start with people just in their own family, as, as, as Kim was talking about, you know, there's, there's living history. And that was one of the things that actually pulled me in as a volunteer 
years ago was the that history. And so I think listening, uh, you know, I, I, a wise person once told me, you know, that we have two ears and one mouth, and that's the right ratio to use those organs on our body. And that's to listen to people and listen to their stories and to hopefully relate to it. And, and I think, but, but also just understanding and, and, and trying to set aside our own biases. I mean, it takes time, time and effort uh, to, to set those aside uh, and to, but, but part of that is, is recognizing that we all aspire to be old. It's the one common thing. It doesn't matter where you live, what your race is, what your gender is, what your political orientation is. We all aspire to be old someday. So this is a club we all want to be part of. And so I think taking the time to, to recognize it. I, I'd also say it's real important when we talk about ageism, it's not just young to old. It can be old to young. And that sometimes older adults need to take the time to learn and to embrace what younger generations bring to the table, learning new things, learning new ways to think about things, you know, learning technology, uh, learning that just that slightly different perspective than, than maybe, maybe an older, you know, as an older adult you might have. And so I think all of us need to be cognizant of it, regardless of, of, of the age uh, that, that you might be. That's a great answer. Kimberly, anything you'd like to add? You know, I think part of breaking the stigma is talking about it. Get involved from an advocacy level. You can't empathize unless you experience it. So, you know, connect with folks. If there's not, I can't imagine anyone that doesn't have an older adult in their life. We've all, you know, so if there's not an older adult in your life, get have a conversation with someone. And I think you'd be surprised at how quick you can relate and you can connect. And I think that's the first big step. It's a great first step. And Paul, there's another big issue facing seniors. That's the digital divide. We kind of just briefly skimmed over it a little little bit there. The lack of access to being online technology and to learn how to use it, that seems to be kind of more and more prevalent now. How do we break down that digital divide? Well, it's going to take some effort. I mean, first of all, it's breaking apart the stereotype that older adults can't use technology. Uh, we have a cyber cafe at our Gary and Mary West Senior Wellness Center, and the the seniors do just fine learning you know using the computers. We actually bring in uh, high school kids uh, to help teach them. It's a great intergenerational activity. So there's this there's this fallacy that older adults can't use technology. That's plain old wrong. The, but what we found during the pandemic, particularly, is that low income seniors. Uh, can't afford a smart device. I mean, most of our clients don't have a smart device. They have a flip phone, which is great to make a phone call on and you know maybe text, but you can't access in you know the information. Uh, and so during the pandemic, when we couldn't bring folks in for activities, you know, all of us are you know spending our lives on Zoom and connecting with people and doing things. They couldn't do that because they didn't have a smart device and they couldn't afford Wi-Fi to be able to, to connect. So uh, there is some effort in both the federal government and at the state government to put some money in to make broadband more widely available. Uh, there's a lot of discussions about doing it for, for kids, but also for low-income adults so that they can access the information that we're all used to. Uh, but it's also important to socialize because I think social isolation is going to be one of the, the ongoing ramifications of the pandemic for people who've been sitting at home for the last year and a half by themselves, not interacting with folks and the breaking through that digital divide would, it would have helped and still can help uh, with that. And then there's a whole area of telehealth of medicine uh, that for an older adult, sometimes it, it's hard getting to the doctor, hard getting, you know, or, or getting for a test, but there's a lot of things that can be done via telehealth that uh, you got to have a smart device and you got to have Wi-Fi to be able to do so. And I might give them peace of mind that they don't have to go out if they don't want to, if they can have that telehealth conference. Absolutely. Absolutely. I know just, I mean, just, just, just myself during the pandemic had to have a couple of conversations with my doctor and it was really nice to be able to do it right on my laptop, uh, get the information I need in about 10 minutes, a lot easier than driving, waiting and, and getting in for, uh, for the regular appointment. Wow. 
you know, that's that's so helpful. I tell you, we gotta take a station break, but Paul, we're gonna come back and we're gonna continue. And one of the questions that I, I want to know is how did it feel like being invited by uh, former President Obama to participate in the White House conference, Asian conference? We're gonna talk about that when we come back after the break. It's your life. I'm James Cooley. There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. The J.C. Cooley Foundation is a nonprofit organization that was started in October of 2014. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. We hope that you'll be able to take part in one or more of the many exciting events that we're offering this year and experience firsthand the pride we take in supporting our cause. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow. And we rely heavily on the generosity of individuals and business owners for support. Without the assistance of community-minded individuals just like you, we wouldn't be able to serve our youth each year. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. This year's goal is $50,000. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. Remember that every donation makes a difference regardless of size. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet. The true life coming of age story by James J.C. Cooley. Using humor, wit, and engaging storytelling, James paints a picture about his arrival in a rural deep south town and realization that life would never be the same. Cooley lays out his struggle to adjust from city life to country life and back again, sharing his hard-earned lessons to educate, encourage, and enlighten our next generation of leaders and heroes. Get your copy of Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet by James J.C. Cooley available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. FM 96.1 North County AM 1170 San Diego. The answer. It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Now here's your host, James Cooley. Welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley and uh, I tell you, uh, Paul and Kimberly, it's, it's uh, just fascinating uh, listening to them and all of the great things that they're doing and serving seniors. And um, it's a lot of information that I know that folks did not know that was out there. Some of the things that they're doing, especially Kimberly mentioned something about the 50 plus one. I mean, that, that sounds so great and that is so wonderful. And I tell you, if, if me and Michelle, if we in San Diego during that time frame and we know the date, we we might try to get, get there. Well, come on down. <laughs> yeah, come on down. We'll get you a good seat. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, I listen to the audience. If you want to be part of this conversation, that's one 1170 Again, that's one 1170 Paul, uh, right as we were going through the break, and um, you was invited to the White House uh, uh, with uh, under former President Obama in 2015 at an Asian conference. How did it, first of all, did you guys accomplish a lot at that conference? And how did it feel being invited by the president to uh, participate in? Well, I have to tell you kind of a funny story about getting invited. I, I had been involved in some of the planning work, but the president was only going to invite 150 people. So there was there was no guarantee that I, I made the cut on on the list. So the day that invites were going out, I got a, I, I hadn't gotten anything. A friend of mine called me and said, did you get your invitation? I got my invitation. I, did you get it? <laughs> nothing and so i was getting you know discouraged and finally i went to my spam folder and there was barack.obama you know at dot org or whatever you know whatever it was i guess my spam filter phil felt that i wasn't getting a real invitation from the president but <laughs> but i got got the invitation and 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 went uh, and, uh, it was, uh, an amazing thing. There were 150 of us in the East room of the white house. The president spent about an hour and a half with us himself. And then he had several cabinet secretaries that, uh, spent time in the surgeon general who were, who were with us. But I, I remember when he first came out, this, this is a brief, funny story as well. When he first came out about a week before they had allowed cell phones into the white house for the first time. 
So when the president walked out, there was silence because there were 150 cell phones up shooting pictures of the president. Which was, and he, even he was sort of startled. But out of it, what, what came of it was a lot of solid policy and funding for things like senior meals and senior affordable housing. And it, it also helped focus, focus uh, President Obama, um, who had been supportive before, but he became a really zealous advocate for aging coming out of that conference in 2015 for the last half of his administration. Um, and, and, and I think, and, and actually President, now President Biden as vice president was part of the planning. And, and we've seen that already during the pandemic. Um, his commitment to older adults. So I think the legacy of that was not only what President Obama did, but now seeing what we're, we're seeing the accomplishments under President Biden. Wow. Paul, why can't communities build more low-income housing? And what are the barriers? And what's it going to take for us to break down those barriers? Well, I think it's some of the stereotypes. Some of the things we were talking about earlier is that mm-hmm. NIMBYs, you know, not in my backyard. And so, you know, every time we've attempted to to build affordable housing, to build senior centers, there's always folks in the neighborhood that said, you know, we'll tell you, I mean, I'll be blunt. We don't want those people in our neighborhood. And you have to overcome that and understand that, again, just because maybe you're, you're poor, you're living in poverty, doesn't make you a bad person and not somebody you would want as a neighbor. And so it's a lot of it's education. Um, and with some people, they will listen, but unfortunately these days, there's a lot of people that no matter what you say, aren't going to, to listen. And so I think just as a community, we need to make a better effort again, to understand each other better and to welcome folks as, as neighbors, regardless of what their income status might be. A question for both of you again. Uh, First, Paul, then Kimberly. Uh, How do you define, in your own words, empathy? Well, for me, it is being able to put yourself in somebody else's shoes and try to understand their perspective. And, and particularly, even if it's, if it's one that may be counter to your own, but at least trying to understand uh, before you judge. And I think, again, as a society, we are quick to judge uh, without thinking about the other, other perspective. I think that that doesn't mean that the other perspective is necessarily right. But I think having that empathy to understand where they're coming from, maybe why they're coming from that perspective and then trying to see, are there any bridges that can be built with them? And I think that particularly with what we see now out in the, in the, in the community on a whole range of issues, I think is even more important than, than ever. Kimberly, what would you say? I'd have to agree. It is, it is putting yourself in their shoes, but empathy is hard. If you if you haven't had shared life experiences, it can be really tough for folks. So if you're having a hard time connecting, start with sympathy first. You sympathize first. You try and understand from your experiences and you can work hard on getting to that empathy piece. But it's really having those conversations, like I've said. Great answers. Wow. Both of those are, are great answers. Well, I think we got a call. We got Mary. Mary, are, are you there? Yes, I am. I'm here. <laughs> How you doing, Mary? Welcome to the James Cooley Show. It's your wife. How you doing? I am doing great. I was really interested and finding out about your guest, James, they were talking about all these good programs. But I was wondering, how do they afford to do all that? How do they pay for them? Well, that's 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 a very good question. And uh, I mean, I'll answer part of it. I'm going to let Kim answer some of that as well. Uh, I mean, we're, we're, we're a charity. And so we are we are dependent on folks being able to help us out. And and that going back to the empathy you know, being able to maybe put themselves in, in somebody else's shoes and, and help us out by by making a donation. Yeah, and and really, of course, as a as a nonprofit, we have federal some federal and government funding, but we don't we don't want that to be the answer, right? Like the, the that's not long term sustainable. Programs change, you know, and what the government can and is able to provide changes and adjusts. We can't depend on that. We have to depend on our community to come together and support. So we're we're working on building relationships with community members so that they can 
see what's happening out there, connect with the community, and hopefully realize that it takes support from um, what folks are willing to give, whether it's through volunteer work, whether it's through corporate giving or matching and all sorts of ways that you can give and support the organization. We're really trying to grow those areas as much as possible. And I, and I like to tell people that, that it costs us just a couple of dollars to feed somebody. So if you can afford a gift of just a couple of dollars for that person who gets that meal, that's really, really important. So, you know, people sometimes think, oh, I need to be able to write lots of zeros on checks. That's not the case. Every bit helps. And, and it, there's a good feeling that comes from, from helping somebody else out. Wow. You know, and Mary, that was a fantastic question. Thank you so much. Uh, Paul, we're down to about the last 90 seconds, but I want to spend 30 seconds. What takeaway in 30 seconds that you want our listening audience to take away from this? I want them to do some homework. I want them to really go and think about how they can learn more about older adults, how they can listen to people, how they can maybe impact somebody's lives. Maybe they have an elderly neighbor that they could go knock on their door and say, hey, could I help you out? pick up a couple things at the grocery store, maybe swing by the drugstore. But, you know, kind of go back to, to maybe the, the, the days when, when neighbors looked out for each other a little bit more. And if they just took those simple steps, that would be a terrific start. Yeah. Hey, Paul, real quickly, like 10 seconds, how can, uh, how can uh, uh, people reach out and get in touch with you guys uh, uh, to make donations or uh, just to check uh uh, the organization out. Best way is go to our website, which is servingseniors.org. They can make donations. There's information about our how to volunteer. And if, if you're a senior who needs help, the, all the information about how to how to reach out to us and, and get the help you need, it's all right there on, on the website. Paul, Kimberly, I want to thank you guys so much for taking the time to come on the show. You know, this has been absolutely fantastic. I'd like to thank my Great co-host, Michelle Cooley. I'd like to thank my great uh, producer, Noah Dingley. Most importantly, I'd like to thank our listening audience for taking time to tune in to the James Cooley Show nightly. And we're always looking for uh, uh, sponsors so we can continue to bring this great message. We'll be back tomorrow. Same time. Same place. It's your life. I'm James Cooley. Thanks for joining us for It's Your Life with James Cooley. To learn more about James, how you can support the show, or become a guest, visit CooleyFoundation.org. Join James weekdays at this same time for more motivation and inspiration to help you become equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. This has been The James Cooley Show, It's Your Life, where you learn how to dream big, think big, and be big at everything that you do. It's Your Life is sponsored by James J.C. Cooley.